Welcome back to The Bunt, the people's podcast, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. Y'all know what it is. It's Vans, baby. That's when it just clicked in my mind that if you just run through somebody's face, a lot of people ain't going to be able to take that over and 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 over. They just not going to want that. Think there's a deeper metaphor there? Run through a motherfucker face, then you don't have to worry about them no more. And this week we're talking the Van Slip-On Pro, a classic icon of skate progression. As one of the most renowned models in the Vans Pro Classics collection, the Slip-On Pro embodies classic style, reinvented with modern cushioning and durability. Featuring enhanced performance skateboarding technology with Vans proven Duracap reinforcement and Ultra Cush HD sock liners, the Slip-On Pro provides unrivaled durability, support, and cushioning. More than 40 years after the original was born, the Slip-On Pro upholds its timeless design and remains a true icon of skate progression. Similar to us over here at the Bunt, classic style, skate progression, that's exactly what we embody, and the Slip-On Pro does the same. What more can you say about the Slip-On Pro? Stay fresh, people. Go to your local skate shop now and get yourself some, or get some at vans.ca slash skate. You diggy? Vans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking sick. Drop that bitch. And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. It's fantasy football season. Us bad mans over here at the bunt. We got our teams. We hope y'all got yours and you satisfied. But we sitting back on Sundays enjoying 16 weeks of straight running my leagues. I got the ghost beside me. He's hyped on his team. We got Ants one. He's around somewhere. Too sure he's pleased with his, but we on to another season, baby. <laughs> oh, you know I'm happy with my team. And come on, B, any real fantasy owner knows you ain't winning the championship in the draft scene. And for those of you who don't understand, welcome to another long season of a lot of fantasy talk. I hope you guys don't hate us for it. Hey, if you've never tried it, I highly suggest it. You'll get hooked real quick. And besides, shit talking is the best part. Yo, fuck these sorry ass fantasy football podcast listen ass motherfuckers. I am taking this shit this year. Let's go. It's a cool thing. Still. Yo, I'm, I'm ready to blaze this league a new trail that it's never seen. AKA 13 and 0 regular season straight to the championship. It's going to be a tough year and uh, a new champion will be crowned. I'll guarantee you that, Simon Disher. Yo, even when those bye weeks hit, I'm still taking that W. But yo, is this a skate podcast or what? Yo, what's, what do we got popping, B? Man, so this week we got a true inspiration in the building, Nick Dompierre. So you know that's going to be straight fire. And then it's on to the post office, answering all your questions, and then wrap it up with the rundown. It's a secure the bag heavy episode. As always, make sure you follow your boys on Instagram at the Bunt Live. Send in your questions to thebuntlive at gmail.com and holler at our Facebook, because why not? At the Bunt, you diggy? 
Don't forget to set your homepage on Google Chrome or Safari or whatever the hell y'all using to thebuntlive.com because new clothes is coming quicker than y'all think, man. Oh, shit. Real shit, yo. And unless y'all been living under a bridge or under a rock or something, you know we've been throwing the biggest am getting paid contest the last couple weeks. We tried to send someone to Montreal and we finally picked ourselves a winner, man. Yeah, we got a young stud hailing out of Boston, skates fast. Got that steez, got that pop for a little man. Yo, it's none other than Will Mazzari. Big time congrats to Will Mazzari. Y'all can check his footage on the Bunt Live on Instagram. And thank you to everyone who sent in the footage. All their clips, we loved them all. Watched every last one of them. We received some serious clips, man. From all over the place. So thanks to everyone who submitted. Yo, Will, I'll personally see you in Boston. I mean, in Montreal, because I'm judging that shit. Can't wait. Empires am getting paid. September 27, 28, 29. Let's get it, young killers. Hey, man, so like we said, this week we got Nick Dompierre in the building. His career has been a wild ride. We are definitely super stoked to get him in the building inside Studio E. He's definitely one of the only men in skateboarding that can go toe-to-toe with Wecking Ball. Hyped to share this story with the people. Yo, before we hop into it, you already know what time it is. Let's crack a couple of them green cans, my guy. Quick beer run, and it's on, you dick. Canada's premium pilsner, steam whistle, the only buzz. get this thing started we got nick dompierre in the building inside studio e what's going on nick what's up guys how you guys doing chilling man straight chilling real good be real proper real hype to have <laughs> you in the building dog it's good to be here man thank you guys for having me our pleasure dog so we start every show off the same hit us with your favorite skate moment and then your favorite sports moment um, i don't know i'd have to say turning professional you know that was like a dream of mine to do it you know and then when you make that accomplishment and you actually see like a board with your name on it and it's in skate shops it's like pretty pretty awakening to where it's like wow you know i did it so um that's definitely an amazing moment in skateboarding for me and then um i'd have to say sports moment i don't watch sports much at all but i did watch that super bowl where brady came back and just was just like (laughs) that was that was unbelievable that was unreal we didn't watch last year's though so that's a distant memory man i don't even know what happened last year yeah yeah Uh, brady got his ass spanked by a backup quarterback (laughs) in case you forgot um take us back to the beginning how'd you get into skating my dude so i first started skateboarding this this skate park opened up near my house i think i was in shit what grade was i i know i was like about 12 years old and uh, I used to run my bike over there and there'd be like a bunch of people skateboarding and you know, I'd be watching them. And then my cousin had a skateboard and I would, and then I started using it and I was skating around the park all day and I just got like absolutely obsessed. I was hooked. And so every day after school, I would, I would go to his house, like pick up the skateboard in the garage, go to the skate park and skate all day long until like it got dark out. Yeah, I was just like, I fully fell in love with it and I just wanted to skate so much and I just wanted to get better and you know like I was skating with people that were way better than me you know because I had just started and I was just seeing all the stuff that they were doing and I was just like how do they do that 
you know and it was just like i was that kid that was at the skate park every single day uh, you know i was that that skate rat kid you know you go to like a, a local hometown park and it's just that one kid that's there every single time no matter what yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was like that kid you know so yeah, i started skating at that skate park and there was a skate shop called solstice skateboarding or solstice skate shop so they were like all older dudes had already been skating for a super long time and i was watching them skate and then i started skating with them a lot more and then as i started getting better you know you get sponsored flowed and then from there just kind of kept skating and i i kind of grew up skating with anthony shetler i don't know if you guys are familiar with shetler yeah for sure like shetler um zared even westgate so just kind of getting like into like getting sponsored and stuff um, there was like actually skate around as well too. Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of bouncing around, but there's just so many thoughts that are coming in my head. But there was even like the whole like Skater Island era. That was like the first really big like skate park that I went to that I saw like lots of pros and like contests and all that. So it was it was really cool to um, go through that whole Skater Island era when like Donnie Bali was in the area. There was always like big demos and stuff. So uh, yeah, I really looked up to Donnie as well. So yeah, like as I progressed in skating, skating with Anthony Shetler, he was on Fiveborough, and so I was always going with him up to New York City every weekend to meet up with like Steve Rodriguez and the whole Fiveborough squad, and skate, do demos and stuff. And then I actually started getting boards from from Fiveborough from Steve, and then I was just like, holy shit, this is awesome! You know, it's <laughs> like it's super cool to get you know free stuff, you know, especially when. Um, all you do is skate, 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 and your boards are getting thrashed and beat up, and you have to bother your mother to get <laughs> a new skateboard and this and that, or your parents, or whatever. So, so yeah, I just kind of started from there, and then uh, being on Fiberro, like we sent a tape out to Deluxe to get like Spitfire and, and Thunderflow. So I was talking to a guy over at Deluxe. His name was Matt Newton, and so he he set me up on Spitfire and Thunderflow. And at the same time, he asked me if I wanted to like ride for real. Oh, you know, and I, that's beef. yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, nah. Like I, I really appreciate it. You know, I'm really you know happy to be on the Fibro team. And mm -hmm. so you know, I, I stayed with Fibro for a while. And you know, and then I talked to like Anthony Shetler about it, and he's like, you know, it'd be a great move for you. You know, since like you know, real skateboards is like in the industry, it's like a real like industry brand you know fibro is kind of like a little underground and he's like i think it'd be a you know a great move for you so i ended up getting on real and i was on flow for a while then i started going on trips started traveling a bunch skating like contests skating like dam am volcom dam am skate park at tampa contests tampa am what are the contests vans downtown showdown all those contests i just you know started skating and traveling a lot and then like kind of like the only thing that was holding me back from traveling so much was like going to school so i was i was in high school and stuff and i wanted to just go on trips i wanted to just go to california and stay out there so after like i i graduated high school is really when i was able to travel a lot more and i just kind of went on like a skate rampage and just <laughs> filmed every single day and just like stacked a bunch of clips and that's all i did like that's all I really did was skate, and it was it was awesome. That's crazy. Two weeks ago, we had Westgate on the show, and he had similar good things to say about Shetler. 
seems like yeah. the veteran guy taking the young bucks under his wing and showing them <laughs> yeah. the way. That's the way to do yeah. it. That's the, that's the good locker room homie you want to have around, you know? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, it was like, so like, Shetler was, Shetler was older than me, so I was like the little guy that was like starting to come up, and he was already, like, he was already really good. So then I started skating with him, and then I started getting better, and then we started skating in the skate park in Wenham, and that's where we, we saw Brandon Westgate. And dude, he was like, I swear, he was like three and a half feet tall. He, <laughs> dude, he was like this little, little kid, but he, dude, he had so much pop. It was crazy. Like he, he was able to like grind like this big, tall um, end rail that it was like, it was pretty tall. And he was just like this little, little kid, but it was really cool watching Brandon like grow up and like progress in skateboarding and, and to see where he's at now. It's, it's really, really awesome. And I'm super stoked for Westgate. Hell yeah. You guys had a dope little squad back in the day. Yeah. Around that time when you were like doing all the contests and stuff, was that when you you filmed your Roll Forever part? Yeah, yeah, yep. That was uh, I forget what year that was. Yeah, I feel like that came out like two thousand five or six, maybe, because yeah. that was a staple in the skate shops back then. Like it was on repeat at a drift back everywhere. In the day. Yeah, the, the free DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Darrell's part. Ooh, that video was fire. Ernie killed yeah, it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Dennis. Boosnets. Yeah, like. yeah. Fuck, that was a classic. That move was ahead of its time, giving the free DVD away. That's <laughs> how you get people to watch, man. Yeah, for sure. So you skated for real pretty much your whole career after Five Borough. They don't have too many yep. riders come and go. What makes real such a special place to be? Man, riding for real was just, it was the shit. Like, it, it was awesome. We always, like, went on the best trips. We always had such a good like we always had a really good crew um and yeah it was just it was just fun man you know as well as like having like jim thebo and, and mickey reyes behind everything like those two dudes are just awesome darren howard jason ferris like uh john alden they they just held the whole like crew together and it was just super dope and of course everybody that was on the team you know like it was just good times really good times that's what's up shout out to jim and cody we just got a couple real boards ourselves you know what i'm saying sick it's <laughs> <laughs> awesome we're part of that lifelong uh package deal now right very we blessed expect very those blessed. boxes for the rest of our lives is that is that what i'm we're I'm technically gathering? on real now as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> um that's dope you rode for audio when you were a young gun coming up and then yep. made the switch to dc what was going on around that time yeah, so the, the the way the whole audio thing went down was there there was this company that they bought out audio, and I I believe it was uh, I think the company was called like Jardin or something. So they own like many different companies like Coleman Camping Products, Mister Coffee Coffee Makers, a bunch of different stuff. And I, from what I heard is like they're just very money hungry people, and they went in there and like fired a bunch of people and just everything just kind of really changed up over there and and everybody was talking like oh like like well what are you what are you gonna do well, what are you thinking about doing and at that time like the other footwear brands had heard the, like, what was going on so there was a, a bunch of people hitting up jim, jim thebo like asking like oh like what's nick gonna do like you think you'd ride for us or would you ride for us or whatever so there was like a bunch of like offers that kind of came my way and it really bummed me out because I, I didn't want to leave like the whole audio crew because, dude, 
those trips were like seriously some of the best trips of my life like yeah. like every, every every all the trips i went on with like real volcom and audio like they were hands down like the funnest trips you know so like to even like break up the whole audio team it was like such a bummer you know to leave that whole that whole crew but yeah so then like i i went out to california to like meet with like dc and stuff and and talk about like a whole contract and and this and that and so yeah it was like cool obviously it was like a lot of money and so i ended up writing for for dc and then from there i think at that point it's like when my career started going downhill so it was like around like i was like 20 21 and uh, I had just started drinking, like when I turned 21. Like I, I, I quit drinking at the age of 19. Not that I was like a alcoholic or a party animal or whatever, but you know, growing up, teenage years, you go to like parties, you party, drink, get drunk, and then uh, you know, one morning, all my friends are at my house getting ready to go skate. You know, I come outside and I'm just like, oh, I'm so hungover. I was like thrown up, and I was just like, dude, sorry guys, I can't go. And like they all went out, went skating, and. And I, I stayed home, you know, because I, I was like, felt like shit. And I was just like, man, what am I doing? Like, I can't go skating because I, I went and got wasted last night and useless today, you know. And like skateboarding was my life. That's what I love to do. I didn't do anything else, you know, besides like working on my car and stuff. But yeah, so I, I was like, dude, screw this. I don't need this shit. So I quit drinking. And uh, from 19 to 21, that's like when I was in like my absolute prime, you know, I was just like fully on point. There was like nothing getting in my way. All I did was skate. I was like very consistent because all I did was skate and practice. And I mean, I don't want to call it practice, but I, you know, yeah, yeah. skated I and, but yeah, and it just felt good. You know, like every magazine, I would have like a bunch of photos in it. Like it just felt really good to be at that level. And then, um, so then like my 21st birthday came around and there was like some friends over my house and they're all kind of drinking, hanging out, and they're just like, "Oh, you're you're a bitch. You're never gonna drink again." Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just like stupid, stupid shit. You know what of I mean? Course. And I was just like, "Yeah, whatever." And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. You know what?" <laughs> and I like, took like a, a swig of a beer, and then um, and then it just like flipped a switch to where I was just like, "Yes, like I love this," and I like I just. I started drinking every single night, like, and I, I just really, I loved it. You know, I loved the feeling. I loved to just get drunk and hang with my friends, party, you know, and I was still skating at that point. You know, I was still skating every single day, but it basically got to a point where my, my body, you know, just couldn't take it anymore. I was starting to get hurt a lot more. I wasn't as consistent. I wasn't as sharp and quick as it was when I was like basically sober, you know, like as I was be kind of lazy or, or my body's not fully recovered from skating the entire week or skating a gap or something, you know? So like my, like over those next couple of years, it, it just kind of progressively got worse. And, you know, I, I got like super unhealthy, like around the time when I was skating like street league, I got like super skinny. I wasn't really eating and it, it just sucked, man. It, it really sucked. And um, like, even though I had all this money, tons of money, tons of house, cars, all the, all the shit, like I was just yeah. so unhappy with, with my life and stuff. Fuck. So um, yeah, I went, I went through a pretty dark stage in my life. And, you know, that's why I do what I do today. Like, I'm just super grateful to be where I am, to do what I do. Like, yes, I would still love to be 
a pro skater and travel the world. But, you know, and things in life, things happen. You know, I guess everything happens for a reason. Yo, D Jones, man. Fall is around the corner, and you know what that means. It's time for us to get a new Brixton box. And I got my eyes on the B-Shield collection. Hitting stores right now, it's a capsule of some slightly cleaned up styles for when you need to be a little fresher. You know what I'm saying? Maybe taking wifey out on a date or hitting the club and popping a bottle. And searching for a new wifey, you dig? You never know when you're going to need to clean up. And the B-Shield collection is definitely what y'all need to wear when it's time. The crew fleece and the half-zip fleece are my A1 choice for this fall, man. Yo, a crispy polo, a heavyweight fleece with the new B-Shield logo, and of course, some classy low-profile headwear to top it all off. Yo, tell the people where to get it, man. Y'all can find the brand new B-Shield collection at Brixton.com and follow Brixton MFG on Twitter and at Brixton on Instagram for updates on brand new collections like this dropping all the damn time. So we heard a story about you on a DC Canada trip where you pretty much kept yourself the whole time and didn't really step foot on your board. Then one day you guys pulled up to this giant hubba down to 16 in Ottawa and you tail slid at second try, no warm up. That hubba is no joke. <laughs> was that your normal approach to skating at the time? Dude, yeah, like it, it was just like if, if I found a if I found a spot that I liked and I knew I could do something on it, I was stoked. You know, and, and stuff like that, like a a big massive hubba, that got me really excited to skate because I was like, I got something for this. Like, you know, if I go to like a regular kind of normal hubba that you know, say it's like an eight-stair hubber or ten-stair hubber or something. Like, dude, people are doing, like, tray flip crooks down it and shit. You know what I mean? Like, I was... Can't just tail slide it. Yeah, you know, like, I was never, like, the most technical skater. I mean, I could do some little tech tricks here and there. But for me, you know, I'd rather go fast and, like, kick flip nose slide a, a massive hubber or something. Or, like, for, <laughs> for instance, tail slide it. You know, to, mm-hmm. to me, that was more fun and that was more easy for me to do that's the type of stuff i like to skate but yeah that yeah that trip that was a uh, around that trip i was in like kind of like my dark stages too i was kind of very just you know i didn't really want to skate the demos like i just i just felt i was almost like embarrassed to skate because i wasn't skating much at all and then you know we'd show up at the demos and like i feel like it would take me a long time to just try to even get in the groove and warm up and all these dudes are just slaying it like chris cole and everybody they're just annihilating it and i'm just like i I just felt like a piece of shit you know so i just like most of the time i wouldn't even skate i just kind of like hang back and it it was tough you know like i i went through some like basically like depression mental issues and it really sucks to to go from well basically knowing what you're capable of doing but then when you step on your skateboard in front of a crowd and you just like you know it just kind of it's kind of sucked but um yeah I could definitely relate to that, whether it's uh, coming back from injury or just being rusty. It's uh, it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. sometimes it's embarrassing to skate when you know what you used to be able to do and you yeah. can't do it anymore. It definitely sucks. Well, it's like you could get there. It's just the long warm-up is the, the yeah. part you don't want to yeah, go through. Yeah, for but, sure. But when there's kids there expecting you to be as good as you are yeah, in the video parts, it's like... The it's expectation, it's like... Yeah. Yeah. But that story, 
everyone that was on that trip they were just like blown away because you, you were just <laughs> chilling so hard and like didn't really skate like the whole trip apparently and then all of a sudden you just tail slide the like most massive hubba without warming up <laughs> like i don't think anyone's touched that hubba ever really like, some people have skated the rail yeah and that yeah i don't even think it's been no slid but i've been to that spot man that's fucked so uh, props for that one thanks man <laughs> thank you so you also nose blended a famous canadian rail in ottawa i think five or six years before that it's this uh this rail lands down shout out to spencer hamilton lip slide and feeble mitch barrett back solid and back lip that's twisted but mitch told us that he brought you there on that same dc trip and he's like yo respect on nose blunt and you're like i've never been here (laughs) (laughs) no way and he was like yeah he's like he's like no i saw a two-page spread in a thrasher mag and you're like no it wasn't me but then I found the photo on Google today. You nose blended this huge rail in Ottawa, or at least had the photo. Do you remember that now? No. Wait, oh, wait, was it, was was the runway like a, a you have to really curve? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was on a real trip a super long time ago. Yeah, I, re- I remember that spot. I think I, I posted a, a throwback Thursday with that photo just recently. That- that's how I found it on Google. I found it. Yeah. It was in Google Images, and I clicked it, and it went to your Facebook. And it was like <laughs> TBT, like Canada 2005. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. That's Shit, like man. probably the best trick done on that rail. Do, do the one on the end, too? No, he did a middle one. Holy yeah, like McCrank and, and Arto Sari skated that one back in the day. Like, that's fucked. Did you put that down? I never that? saw the footy of that one. Did you get that? Did you land that one? Yeah. I don't know if they put it in like a, a tour video or I, I don't know what they used it for, but, but yeah, I did. I definitely landed that one. Damn, Jesus! That's that's a that's like a that's a legendary spot. Canadian yeah. hammer that never got like the uh, the respect it deserved because mm-hmm. I guess the footy maybe got lost or I don't I don't know. Yeah, I actually wonder where that footage is. So you and Ernie Torres shared a part in the since day one vid. Great part, full of bangers, but as fans of yours, we were hoping you were going to shut it down with one of the gnarliest parts of all time. Were you happy with the part at the time? No, I was extremely bummed. <laughs> I, was, uh-huh. I was really bummed. Like, I didn't even know, like when I went to the premiere, I had no idea I was even sharing a part with Ernie. I had no idea of the song or anything. So yeah, then when like, you know, I, I watched the video, I saw my part and I was just like, fuck. Like I was just, I was super bummed and what really bummed me out is I had so much footage, but like I was wearing audio shoes. You know what I mean? That's when like I was in like my prime from you know nineteen to, to twenty one or whatever, and I had so much good footage like that. Even that nose blunt in Canada. You know what I mean? I had all that footage, and they I don't know why they didn't use it. I think it was because I was on DC and they wanted to see me wearing DC shoes. So like I just. I was super bummed. You know what I mean? I love real. I love Jim. I love everybody over there. But yeah, for that, for that part, I, I just don't understand why they didn't use all of like the, the heavy shit that I had. Damn. Yeah. That sucks to hear. Cause yeah, I actually remember specifically telling my friend, uh, Ben D before the premiere, I'm like, yo, Nick Dompier is about to shut it down. Cause like, I'm a big fan. Just come out and say that. But uh, I've thanks, been paying man. attention to all your ads and the mags over the years. And I'm like, okay, I can't wait to see the footy of this, 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 this. And then you had a shared part. And like, I, I was let down. And now it's good to hear that 
like you weren't satisfied with that either not that it wasn't good the tricks that were in there were amazing but i just felt like there was more yeah there was so much so much more man it was crazy because even like when they were editing the video i think dan wolf is the one who edited it or something they sent me all this footage that i had like i remember they, they sent me oh well this is what you have and uh but I really think the issue was trying to push towards getting newer footage because I had been on DC. And around this time when the video was coming out, I, I was like already on the downslope of not really skating that much, just kind of like partying a lot. But all right. that footage that I still had was still good footage. It's still tricks that I did. You know what I mean? It's like all shit that was in magazines and all the photos were out there. But I just don't know why they didn't just use it. Right. You know? Yeah, because you did have audios on in most of the part. You had some DC clips as well, but should uh, Jim? Let's get a let's yeah. get a remix lost tapes. Baby. Let's get a we lost, need tapes, the lost man. tapes. If they're out there, man, we gotta Dan Wolf send them over here. We'll edit them up, man. Yeah, <laughs> we got dude, a guy. There's there's still so much footage that was never used, which I I wish I could actually have and get. You know, like. Mm -hmm. I'd have throwback Thursdays for days, <laughs> but it, like even that's like great shit that I would love to have because it's it's stuff that I've done. You know what I mean? It's like it, it feels tears. Yeah, man, it feels cool to just look back and see like the tricks that I've done. And just even like some stuff that I look at, I'm just like I don't understand how I did it. Sometimes, you know, like I would just like I'm like how like you know what I mean? Like when when when. I was on point and my mindset was there. Like I, I would just go, you know, I would just, I wouldn't like the thing with me, like I would give myself three roll-ups like at a spot and then it's just go. Like if I roll up anymore, I'm not going to try it, you know? Yeah. So like I would roll up to something three times at the most. And then the next time, even if like, dude, my, you know, my heart's like basically beating, you know what I mean? Like telling me don't do it. I would just still go, go for it. And then just like, once you get that first one out of the way, it's just so much easier from there, you know? It's yeah, just, a little bit of a calm comes over you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking for your, your parts today, I realized you never had that like, <clears throat> that one signature part, you know? Even though it sounds like you had all the footy, like you had roll forever. And then since day one was a shared part, but there was never like that one the coming out party that yeah i thought it was gonna be since day one but fuck we got we got to get those lost Clearly, tapes it man. could have been yeah yeah those are the formative <clears throat> years too, and you, man, you've doing had all that traveling yeah we need to see that footage. had a lot of stuff in like volcom videos and shit like that but it was never like one part that all came together yeah i'd like to i'd like to see a throwback part <laughs> Like, a, like, like it. just, just do it. maybe like the, the best of like my, exactly, my stuff. It'd exactly. be cool. I'd be, I'd be stoked to see it, you know, just have it all come together. Well, you don't have to wait much longer because that's what we're going to do, man. We're uh, going to put got, that together You guys for are you. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so July 11th, 2013, ESPN reports that you're recovering from a coma after a drug overdose. Um, you broke it down in your skateboarder magazine web clip. But for those listening who don't know, uh, could you tell us about that unfortunate chain of events that led to the coma and just kind of your life at the time? Yeah, so so around that point in my life, I was already on like in the dark side of just drinking and and partying and and like those first couple of years of, of just partying, like all the way up to like twenty five or something. You know, I wasn't doing any drugs. I wasn't doing like any Molly or or like ketamine, special K. Damn, it sounded like, like a bazooka, bro. 
That, that was a uh, thunder. Yeah, the thunder and rain here is crazy. That shit scared me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, around around that time um, is like I started getting into like like club drugs because I was I was partying a lot. I was going out to clubs and you know I took Molly for the first time and I was just like holy shit. You know what I mean? I was like it just gives you like this crazy amazing feeling. You know, and, and like for what I was going through in my life, you know, with like basically watching my professional skateboarding career go down the drain because I'm partying, I'm very unhappy with my life and I'm just like, fuck it. And that's why I just kept going out, partying every night. It would basically just numb it, you know what I mean? It just take it all away. And then mm-hmm. when I discovered like these party drugs, it enhanced it even more to where it made me feel even better. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So then I started just like, doing a lot more party drugs. And then I, I started doing um, Special K, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Yeah, well, Special K, it's like another form of like a party drug. So like I started getting into like doing that a lot. And then uh, <laughs> like the drugs that I ended up taking, it wasn't, they, they tested at the hospital, like the, the stuff that put me in a coma. They ended up being like bath salts, meth, like a whole bunch of shit in the drugs that I thought was special K. So yeah, it like I was in a coma for three for three weeks in the hospital. And uh so yeah, like at that point, like I didn't I didn't even know what was going on. Like when I, you know, kinda opened my eyes and like realized I was in the hospital and you know, I saw like family members were there and I'm just like, What what is going on? Like what happened? You know, and then from from there it like dude, my whole brain, my whole like mental mind state was just straight upside down. I had the worst like paranoia. Um, I thought like I did something extremely bad. Like I thought like I did something super bad and everybody was mad at me, they were out to get me. And I just had this constant feeling of fear and and just like very like kind of scared. You know, I was just like very anxious, like didn't even want to live in my own skin. And like, so uh, after like coming out of that coma, they put me in this other like this uh like mental mental institution or like psych ward i remember being there and i knew in my head like i knew i was like all right i'm okay like i like i'm gonna be all right but like all these other people that uh that were there were on like they were like like psychotic they were on like a bunch of different drugs and this and that, like, but it was like doctors that were taking care of them to try to like get them in a line. And I was just like, man, I'm not like these people, you know, like, I don't know why I'm here. I was like, all right, whatever. I like, I did some like drugs and shit, like party drugs, but like these people are like a different type of person. You know, I, I just felt like I didn't belong there. I didn't understand it. And um, every, every week, you know, every couple of days I would go to like the meeting to like, I'd be in front of the doctors and they're all just looking at me with like notepads and like, I'm like, all right, I'm like ready to go. Can I leave? You know, like just looking at me like, oh, you're you're doing much better. And I'm just like, no, like, let me go. Like, you know, like I wanted to leave. Like I didn't, it was almost like I was in jail. So it was very, very weird and it sucked. And then, um, so I I was in that place for, I think a few weeks. And then actually my aunt had my health proxy. So I ended up coming to Florida, actually Sarasota here. And... I had to do like an outpatient treatment. So they made me like see a counselor, I think every couple of days, they had me on like different medications and uh, it was it, it was really, really shitty, man. And then, uh, you know, I started skating a little bit. 
and started getting back into it. And then uh, I ended up, you know, going out to California, linking up with Roger Bagley. I stayed at his place for a little bit and we started filming. That's when I filmed that What's the Story thing. And then uh, that's kind of when I, I kind of got back into skateboarding for a bit when I was just missing for a while. Wow, that's hectic, man. But that's insane. <clears throat> glad you came out on top of that one eventually. Yeah, there's a lot more to it. Like I bet, yeah. Like shit that I was like doing, basically getting in trouble with the law. And yeah, I'm really lucky to not be dead. You know, like I got like tased by the police and I, I fought like the entire police squad and I don't remember none of this. Like I, I fully blacked out and they tased me multiple times and I was like ripping them out of my body and like Holy it was it was it was seriously insane. You know, like I, I went through like getting arrested and getting put on probation and it was just really, really crazy. So like for everything that I've been through, it's like I'm super grateful to be just doing what I do today. You know, it's like, oh, I'm not like on top of the pro skateboarding ranks. You know what I mean? But it's like, I'm just happy to be able to go skate when I want. I'm not in jail or, you know, like I'm not <laughs> yeah. dead. You know, like the path I was on was like a pretty rugged, rough path. Well, hell yeah, to not being dead or in jail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you'll always be a pro skater, man. Ain't nobody could take that away from you. Though. Yeah, man. I just got to skate it's a lot inside more. You. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I fully miss it though. It's like, there's there's some days where I get in the groove and it's just everything's there, everything's firing. And it's just like, I'm like, I, I can still do this. You know, like I know I, I still have it and I could still do it, but it's just with what I have going on in my life in terms of like, you know, the training and stuff and and to to be able to recover from, you know, heavy strength training, like squatting, you know what I mean? That That's, you you need like a day or two to recover from that. You know, so trying to skate the next day after like a heavy squat session, yeah. your legs are like noodles, you know, they're just like, <laughs> they're wasted, you know, it's crazy. So once you got out of the hospital, what were the next steps? Were you eager to get back on the board or did it, did it take some time for you to, to get back into it? Yeah. So like after like uh, getting kind of back into skating, actually a big shout out to Payne Skate Park here in Sarasota, because when I was working with the therapist lady, she had talked to them and they basically let them know what happened. Like, oh, this is Nick Dompieri. He went through some stuff. Um, you know, like I was on like medications and stuff. So I was very paranoid. I didn't want to skate in front of everybody. Like I, I seriously think mm -hmm. I thought the world was out to get me. So they, they actually gave me a key to the skate park and I would go there like early in the morning and, and skate by myself, you know, away from everybody. So I was like start, starting to skate a little bit more and more. Yeah, and then slowly, like, the, the paranoia went away. Like, I was down here for a bit, and then I went back up to Massachusetts, and I just stopped taking the medication. I forget the name of it that they had me on, but I just stopped taking it. I'm like, I'm like fuck this shit. You know, so I stopped taking it, and it kind of slowly faded away, like, the paranoia. There would be some points where I'm like, fuck. But, but then it would just kind of slide away. And, and I'm talking about, like... If the television was on and, and they're talking, I, I swear on everything, I thought they were talking about me. And it, it's, it's seriously the worst feeling in the world. Like no matter where you go or, or whatever, there's action, there's stuff going on. And I thought everything was referring towards me and it was just, it was rough, man. Yeah, it sucked. That's brutal. Yeah. That's Fuck. But what about like physically? How was your body? Because we had, 
Mark Suchu on a couple couple seasons back, and he got really sick at one point. Mm-hmm. And when he was getting back into skating, he said that his body was so weak, he, it was like learning how to skate all over again. Yeah. Um, well, even before like all this drug shit, what what really what really changed a lot for me was after breaking my neck. So I did break two vertebrae, and that just a tubing accident, right? Yeah. So that that really got me into the more fitness related stuff after going through like physical therapy this and that you know because like i didn't know if i was ever going to skate again you know like it was like hold on you guys hear that yeah yes it's crazy um yeah like i was i didn't know if i was ever going to skate again you know like after like breaking the two vertebrae and you know, stepping on a skateboard and just having that fear that you're not healed. You know, I never felt like, I was like, oh, I feel good. I feel like strong. I was very like scared of like, you know, cause skating, it's like, you know, you're balancing. Like if you're gonna lose your balance, you easily whip your arm and kind of catch yourself. Like I, I couldn't like just even like aggressively fastly open up my arms because of the way everything felt. It was super tight and then stepping on my skateboard it was it was it was seriously so like disheartening to the point where like i would struggle to land a flat ground kickflip like i would try and try and try and i'm just like dude this is to the point where i wanted to cry i was like this is it's it's so sad that you know like where i was and what i was doing and i'm basically at the very beginning again i was like this is not right you know like you know from not skating for so long and um, obviously when you're skating every day, your ankles are flexed, like you're using flexion, they're, they're using full range of motion, but not skating whatsoever. Everything is just stiff, tight, and in your brain, you know what to do, but when you go to do it, it's just like, wait, what's going on? You know, it's just not doing it correctly, you know, in terms of like what you're doing with your feet. So that was like very hard to deal with. Um, but man, it's just like with anything, it just takes time and, you know, everything started to come back. Fuck! Wow, man. Jesus. I'm sorry that you fucking went through that. That actually sounds it was yeah it was so it was sad and <laughs> it was fucked yeah. No words for that experience. Well, on a more positive note, we started seeing you on the board again, skating the barracks. You filmed a real street for X Games in 2014. If we're not mistaken, I think I don't know if you were skating for Puma, but it seemed like yeah you know you were you were making a comeback. You were skating Pumas. Uh, what was going on when things started to work for you again? Um, at, at that point, um, I was I was skating a lot with Joey Brzezinski, and I was staying out in California at his house. So I filmed my whole entire real street part with Joey, and he was basically kind of running the whole like Puma show. You know, he was mm-hmm. kind of like the TM. So it was cool to be kicking it with Joey and just skating, being in that environment. And after I filmed my real street part, I think that was like in April, um, I, I flew back to Massachusetts. Then it just kind of like skating just kind of slowed down a bit for me. You know, at that, that point when I was filming my real street part, I was still like, I was into like working out. So I was working out in the mornings super early. Then I'd go skating all day with Joey. And I was, I was in the mix, you know what I mean? So I was skating with Joey, which is a professional skateboarder, that's his job. That's what we did. You know, we'd go skating all day because that's what we do. And then when I flew back home to Massachusetts, it was like, 
I didn't really have anybody to, to skate with, you know, so it was just kind of getting myself to try to go skate. And it was just like, I grew up here, you know, I lived here mm-hmm. and I've, I've skated everything. I've already, not that I've done everything, but I've, I've done shit when I was at my peak and it's like, I'm not even at that level, you know, so to, to try to top what I've already done in my hometown, it's just like the, the fire wasn't there when I was there. And it's just like, it just kind of slowed down. And I was just like, fuck this, this sucks. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, then I like just kind of got more focused into like the training, you know, so I would still skate and stuff. But it was like it basically was fading away to the point where I was like, all right, you know, like it's like I, I'm not making a living from skateboarding. So I have to make a living some other how, you know, like I wasn't getting paid like I used to get paid for skating. You know, it was basically more as like a, a hobby now, you know, right. which is kind of hard to take, you know, like your whole life. You're a pro skater. And then it's like, oh, fuck, I need. I need a real job now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Reggie, yo, shout out to a couple of things you did in that phase of backside flip switch Manny, switch from big spin out. Oh, yeah, Ooh, yeah. Savage in his real street. That's insane. Thanks, man. And uh, gap to three flip nose at the barracks. Oh, Damn, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it still, it still had it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. So during the comeback, we noticed that your clips came with a big time difference, aka your physical appearance. You got fucking jacked. <laughs> Tell us about the physical transformation and the mindset behind the change. Yeah, so pretty much what changed my whole basically like body composition and getting into working out was was breaking my neck. You know, so like after I broke my neck, um, you know, I started gaining weight because I wasn't really doing much you know i wasn't skating every day um i was still like drinking and like partying at the time um but then i started like working out and then so like well doing like physical therapy and i was just like well this is this is this is awesome i like this you know it, it was like challenging so then i started going to the gym and then when i started going to the gym it was like dude it's like it's like the skate park you know and it's like the it's like the skate park all over again like it was like this brand new thing and i just i just really loved it i i started to get obsessed with it you know like no matter what i do it's like if i like something i i get like addicted to it you know like that's what happened with like the drinking and and the party drugs you know like if i do something i'm gonna go full on and just go for it you know so that's what happened with like the fitness stuff and so started working out started training started reading more about like nutrition and you know macronutrients and you know i was i was watching a lot of youtube stuff and i was seeing people eat like because you know when like you you see someone work out you're thinking all right they eat like chicken rice and broccoli and you know you you just kind of put that in your brain like that that staple like bodybuilder style lifestyle actually you guys probably aren't familiar with that because you're skaters but like in, in, in like the skate in like the the bodybuilding scene when people get into it or or just even weightlifting or working out it just like you know they, they just have that like thing they think about it was like oh chicken rice and broccoli but you know i was watching other youtubers and they were eating like it, there's this thing called flexible dieting so there's basically macronutrients for this carbs fats and proteins and regardless of what you get your intake in with like say if it's like from coconut oil or mayonnaise you know what i mean they're two different types of fats you know coconut oil being a healthier one mayonnaise being one a shitty one you know but if you still hit your fat goal, your protein goal, and your carbohydrate goal, you can still get in shape and have good results. 
you know, so you could kind of eat like a variety of things. So I, I started like seeing a lot of that on YouTube. So I was like, I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, I could, I could eat anything that I wanted as long as I hit these, these nutrition targets and, and I can have great results. So I started doing that. And then like, I really watched my body change as I started to basically really like hit my macros to a T. And that basically happened when around the point where I was filming for my real street part, because I was a lot heavier when I first came back into skating. I was like, I was over 200 pounds. I was, I was almost kind of fat. <laughs> I was, yeah, was kind of from the medication. No, I, I'd say it's definitely due from just drinking, um, party. My whole body was just inflamed from, you know, drinking alcohol every night. You could see it in my face. My face was like puffy. Mm-hmm. And if yeah, you, if, when you filmed that thing for skateboarder magazine with, with Roger, yeah, I just looked yeah, like, looking like, chub. yeah. And even like, if you look back at my, um, my barracks banging, like my, my pants and my leg, like, dude, I had like a, <laughs> a like a 30, almost, uh, was it 38? Maybe like a 36 or 38 Damn. pants. And I dude, just everything was just like, I was like, Jesus, man. I look back to it now. I was like, God damn. I was like, man, I look terrible. But, um, yeah, but yeah, I just it watched happened. that before we started. Yeah. So but I thought that was muscle when I watched well, it. Well, I definitely time. had like muscle, but I had like anytime that you bulk or gain muscle, you know, you're going to have to gain some body fat with it. So that that's inevitable. Inevitable. It happens, you know, so. So when I started working out, I was like, man, I want, I want to get big, you know, I want to get bigger. You know, it was cool to see the changes in my body. So, you know, I started eating more and then, you know, I was still kind of skating here and there, but that was like before I did the whole real street thing. You know, once I started getting back in the groove around then, that's when I really started like dialing in like the macronutrients and all that. And that's when I started dropping more weight and getting leaner and I was actually skating a lot more, you know, so I was, I was burn, burning more calories and I basically felt like more of like a skater too, but you know, I still worked out, but it's very hard to balance the two when it comes to like strength training and then like full on skateboarding, you know, because like what I spoke about before with like trying to recover from a heavy squat session, it just, if it, it fries you, you know, you just feel like spent. Fuck man. That's a, that's a whole world that we're not too familiar with, but coming from what you went through, we're just happy that you're fucking healthy and uh, you can skate when you want and uh, fucking continued success. Uh, you mentioned before we started recording that you're doing some modeling as well. Uh, how'd you get into that industry? Yeah, so so the thing with modeling, you know, like people are always talking, oh, you should do modeling, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, yeah, whatever, you know. And so after like, you know, my skate career is kind of over, I'm doing, well, not over, but like I'm not, getting paid to skateboard. Um, now, you know, I was doing a lot more of the fitness stuff and I was like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll, I'll just, I guess I'll give it a try. So I just submitted photos to uh, a local agency and then I set up a meeting, had a meeting with them and they got some background information on me, asking me, you know, if I'm f- comfortable around cameras and, you know, I've been skateboarding my whole life. I've been around cameras and, and photo shoots, this and that. And like, all right, cool. And then, all right, we'll, we'd love to work with you. So then um, I started working with a modeling agency and then how that works is like, they, they don't get paid unless you get paid. So it's their job to get you all these jobs. So basically get email notifications. Are you available for this one? Are you available for that one? And so I um, just started doing that and then it just really started to pick up and 
it's actually it's very easy, but it's just very time consuming. You know, you can sh- show up to a model shoot. You could be on set for a total of say forty minutes the entire day, but you're there for eight hours. You know, it's setting up different scenes and, and this and that. So, um, so yeah, the modeling stuff has really taken off. You know, I've been on like the cover of, like Brookstone magazines. Um, I'm on the cover of like some massage things. Like it's just it's just kind of funny to see. Like you know, <laughs> still it's just, getting like, covers, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like people like they're in like a New store tricks. and they're like tag me in it and it's just funny to just you know i never saw, thought i would be doing that you know and uh the, the model thing was just like ah oh, whatever maybe it'll just be something i do on the side but now it's actually turning into another career which is kind of cool fuck so yeah so dope man staying yeah. busy staying on Hell the yeah. grind yeah, securing man. that bag man yeah. any way necessary so whacking ball is a friend of the show a good friend of the show, actually. Shouts to Weck. <laughs> but when we mentioned your name to him, we got the impression there was a little beef, probably mostly on his side. Do you have any words for Weck? What's the deal with you two? Um, Is he jealous, man? Is he jealous? Um, I really don't know. Like, I, I personally <laughs> don't think he likes me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not about drama. I'm not about bullshit. I like to just try to keep it cool with everybody. You know what I mean? I got nothing against him. It's it's cool that he lifts. And it's cool that he skates. You know, he's <laughs> dude's definitely jacked, and he's good at skateboarding. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I just try to keep the peace. But uh, yeah, other than that, I guess that's that. You know, like he's just I, threatened by you a little bit, man. He's yeah, he might be a little jealous. That's of, what I'm thinking, dog. You looking real diesel, and now he's jealous of those tray flips, and now you got the bot, dog. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, Weck, man. It's all good, man. There's room for two of y'all. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's jealous of uh, Nick's nose manny nolly heels because he's a nose manny nolly flip guy. And his covers, man. True. And the true, covers. True. And the modeling <laughs> career. All of that. Yeah, he's an IG model. Nick's a real model. What's up, Weck? <laughs> he's sleeping, dog. Oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> so we talked about it a bit, but when I looked up your name on YouTube earlier, I had to scroll down for a hot minute to find your skate shit. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely, you, you've got your own channel. Uh, your cheat day series seems to be doing really well. Yeah. How's the YouTube market treating you and uh, how hard? I've heard it's really hard to get a following there. So how, how'd you yes. break into that to that YouTube life? Yeah, the thing with YouTube, it's it's extremely hard. It's It's the same thing as Instagram, you know, because everybody is trying to do it. Everybody's trying to grow. Everybody's trying to you know, get Instagram famous or YouTube famous. But it's really like if you don't have like that, that niche that's kind of unique that everybody else isn't doing, you know, you got to kind of give a a reason for people to follow you and to keep coming back and wanting more of your content. So like I started YouTube, uh, I think it was maybe 2014 or or 15. You know, I started, uh, you know, just filming like my workout stuff. I just kind of like doing what I do and just you know everybody else does that and you know i slowly started growing you know sharing my stuff on instagram so my instagram followers would try to go over to youtube but it doesn't really work that way you know it's like like ig is very prone to ig youtubers are very prone to youtube the youtubers don't want to follow you on ig and the ig doesn't want don't want to watch your youtube videos you know it's it's just it's just crazy it's just i don't know that that's just what i've kind of seen so what really helped me start growing a lot more with my YouTube channel was when I, I started doing like the cheat days, you know, because 
you know, not everybody's like out there looking for, oh, the best chest workout, oh, the how to kickflip. You know, I did like skateboard tutorials. I did, you know, how to do proper exercises properly. You know, I did so many, so many things to try to like get more views and, and get, get my channel to grow because that's obviously what you, you want. You know, you're building a channel and it feels good to see the numbers go up for the work you're doing. Mm-hmm. So in February of this year, I actually did like a, I filmed my first cheat day and like, dude, out of nowhere, it just skyrocketed. It, it like got so many views. It must have gotten into like the cheat day algorithm. I didn't know how popular it was that this is what people are really searching for and looking for. Right. So I, I started doing like the cheat days and then I just have fun with it. You know, like I eat whatever I want, you know, on this one day out of the week, you know, outside of that, you know, my nutrition's pretty balanced. But on this one day, you know, I eat everything like donuts, burgers, pizza, like whatever I really want. <laughs> And, and what's cool about it is that people are so inspired, intrigued by it because I stay in shape. They're like, how do you not get fat? So, so at, <laughs> yeah. as I'm showing, so it's basically not like I'm just doing a cheat day and they go, this is what I'm eating. At the same time, I'm, I'm kind of educating people and then letting them know how I'm doing it and why I'm not getting fat. You know, it, it really comes down to your weekly calorie balance. You know what I mean? And like, one cheat day is not going to make me gain 10 pounds of fat. It's, it's impossible. You know what I mean? Unless I ate like a hundred thousand calories in one day, which is in, impossible. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I saw your, you got like the 10,000 calorie challenge. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I just did the 15,000 calorie challenge last Friday. Oh, damn. Miserable. So what's in 15,000 calories, man? <laughs> so I, um, I started out the day with, with donuts. So I got like these eight specialty donuts from like a donut shop down here. Like they, they specially made them for me and like dude they're so heavy and so dense so like i started the day with those and that was already like five thousand calories and so um <laughs> five hours went by you know like <laughs> when, when, when you eat that much food you don't want to do shit because like your body's just trying to break it down trying to digest it and so you're just like basically just like feel useless but since it is a challenge you have to keep eating to hit your goal you know so then i went to uh from there, I went to uh, Taco Bell. This was like in the afternoon. Holy shit! I got shit. like four tacos, five cinnamon twists, and then I went, <laughs> and then I went to McDonald's. I picked up a Big Mac, and then I went to Burger King, and I picked up a double Whopper with a large fry and a Twix pie. So that was all one big meal. What the fuck? So I sat down and I was like, got like halfway through that one, and I like had to take a break, and then um, drove home, and then hour later finished that meal. And then, uh, then like the final meal of the day, I was like, I got like this big slice of carrot cake, a box of cookies and a bunch of like foreign candies because I have a lot of subscribers that send me boxes of like candies <laughs> and stuff. So I had like stuff Damn, from Germany, boxes? yeah, stuff oh, from yeah. Australia. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really cool, man. And it's, it's just basically been growing and I have this audience that really enjoys my content. You know, when, when a cheat day comes mm-hmm. out, like you know, I get tons of comments, tons of engagement, and people are just really enjoying it because I show them how it's how it's possible to have a good time, how to enjoy yourself, and to not be so restrictive. You know what I mean? People get very obsessed when it comes to dieting, and they won't eat nothing. You know, I'm just like, don't take it that serious. You know, have a day where you enjoy yourself. You know what I mean? And it's like, people just like, they straight block out and avoid certain foods, think it's the devil. 
but they really want it and they love it. It's like, why not just have yeah. a little bit of it? Enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Life's about balance. You know, don't like beat yourself up about it if you have like a donut or two, you know? Or eight for breakfast. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. If it wasn't cheat day every day for us, we might be looking a little better too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> balance, man. Balance. We do calories are popping yeah. as we speak. <laughs> Got the steam whistle. Yeah. <laughs> so can we expect another video part from you in the future, man? Dude, I really, like, I mean, like. The late, people want it, dog. Lately, yeah, YouTubers want it. We'll <laughs> guarantee that. <laughs> lately, I've, I've been really thinking about it. Like, I, I really personally want to skate more and, and film another part. But, like, for me to do that, it's like I really have to back down on my strength training which I'm like, I'm willing to do, you know what I mean? Cause like, like I said before, like trying to recover from the heavy lifting, you know, it, it's fully taxes and fatigues your body. That's why it's important to take rest days, you know? So it's like, I'm doing the heavy strength training. And then on my rest days, I'm, I'm trying to go out skating, but it's like, I'm fatigued, you know? So I'm not I'm able done, to yeah. actually skate, but I definitely really, really want to. I really need to just be in that environment, you know, be skating with other people. And I know I could do it, you know what I mean? Like, like once I get warmed up and I'm in the groove, and once you're doing it every single day, everything comes back. And it just, it makes it that much easier to say, like, film a line or something. You know, yeah. if you don't film a line, if you haven't done a line and you just go out skating, you try to do a line that one day, it's like you're struggling just for the flat ground <laughs> trick. Oh, you know? hell yeah. It sucks, man. Ain't that but, the um, truth? Fuck flat ground. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, if just getting back in the groove and skating a lot more is, is what I really want to do. And also, um, Skate Park of Tampa isn't too far from me, so I think I'm going to start going there and skating a lot more. Yes. I'd really love to actually skate the contest, so um, that, that'd be super fun. But I'm not sure when it is, but we'll see. We'll see what the future brings. Bruh, love it. Love to Excited. hear that excited to hear that you're even thinking about trying to skate more mm -hmm. that said what's next for nick dompier the daily grind man like just every single day just working to keep on progressing keep on growing growing my youtube channel growing my coaching business just each day getting stronger becoming a better person trying to help people change their lives in any way possible and just putting out a good positive message and um you know life doesn't have to suck and really be grateful for what you do have already. It's truly inspirational, man. man. You're a hell of a guy, man. Your whole story, we were talking about it earlier today. We were really excited to hear from you because we, from the outside looking in, we've seen, you know, you're, you don't have the typical uh, pro skater career path. Like your mm -hmm. life's been up and down. And, yeah, uh, it's been pretty wild. Really happy to hear your story firsthand and share it with the people, man. Mm -hmm. Definitely, man. Thanks again for, for having me on. You already know what time it is it's rapid fire with the ghost and this week we brought to you by spitfire wheels new from spitfire cater custom size and colorway the formula 4 99 duro 58 millimeter radial wheel on a natural wheel with a green and gray print cater's pick is what cater rides available for a limited time at exo in quebec nose bone in paris no comply in austin stratosphere in atlanta and finer skate shops around the world 
If you want to get down like the little man himself and shred everything in sight, get yourself a set of Cater's new fire from Spitfire. So how old are you, man? I'm 32 years old. I just turned 32 in July. Oh, my God. You're so young. <laughs> Reggie, yo, there's plenty of time life, for man. a comeback. Like, let's just... Let's just uh, mention some of the all-time great legends, the Andrew Reynolds, Dude, the Jamie Thomases, the Alan Corrales of the <laughs> world. Yes. Reggie, you're 32 years young. Brian Anderson. Yo, you because we asked you about if, if you have another part up your sleeve, you definitely got more than enough time. Think about the all-time comeback part of Satan's Pain, number two runner-up skater of the year, fucking oh. Guy Mariano. If he yeah. could... Switch tray flip nose grind to handrail at age almost 40, whatever age he was at the time. Reggie, you you got plenty of time. And man. you were we saying that your prime it. was like when you were 19 to 21. But truthfully, I really think as skateboarders, your prime is when you're way older than that. Yeah. Right? Like when you're like 28 to 32, your body might not be as fresh and as able to jump down things. But your mind is a lot stronger, man. You know what you want to film. You know the tricks you want to do and what looks good. You're primed for a big comeback, man. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Reggie, I thought you were going to say like 35. Actually, no, there's just no way you're 35. But I just, 32, you just turned 32. You're young as fuck, B. That, that excites me because that Life's just that beginning, means man. There's no excuses. Exactly. No, no yeah. excuses. You're too young to fucking. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's dope. Let's get it. Yeah. Skater of the year, 2020. Whew. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. That gives you enough time. <laughs> Two years. A couple this. skate trips is all you need, man. I know, it's man. hard to film at home, like we said. Like, even for us, like we're not doing the greatest stuff. But to film new tricks in your in the city you've been skating since you were a kid is next to impossible, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or to not even have a filmer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Favorite skater. Dennis Buznitz. Favorite video. Jump off a building. Favorite video part. Jamie Thomas. Thrill of it all. Favorite style. Kenny Anderson. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Appleyard, definitely. Appleyard is the man. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Luan Oliveira. Favorite trick? 360 flip. Hardest trick for you? Hard flip. Most illegal trick? Ollie North. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That one made a big comeback. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? I was really stoked on that nose blunt in Atlanta. It was like the, the big brick wall with the rail on top of it. Who else did tricks on I think Malto backsmithed it. Oh, shit. No. Uh, it's like super yeah, tall. James, J- yeah, James Hardy fucking backsmithed it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right, yeah. Hardy backsmithed Shouts it. Shouts to James. Yeah, yeah Malto did... Uh, Didn't Malto... Back over Crook, maybe? Yeah. Uh, oh, you nose blunted that? That's crazy. Yeah, Jamie Thomas, like, really put that spot on the scene with the back lip. Yeah. Dying to Live, right? That yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. heel oh, flip, damn. heel flip, Indy, Lindsey Robertson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sick. Damn, damn. Was blunt. memories, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. What's the gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Shit, man. Dennis Buznitz doing back nose blunts on transition, like back nose blunt oh. slides, like that. <laughs> that is just amazing to see. Best trick you've ever done that wasn't caught on film. The switch tray flip nose blunt down the park rail the other day. No, I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> I was like, no, nobody was there to film yeah, it though. <laughs> I swear it happened. <laughs> no, um, like tray flip nose blunts and stuff. I don't think I've ever filmed a tray flip nose blunt, but I've done them on like 
park rails and stuff. Hell yeah. I'll, I'll have to film one soon. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one trick that got away? The kickflip over the San Diego gap that I ollied for the Thrasher cover. Oh my god, the one over the rail? Like yeah. Over the sidewalk and everything? Yeah, I landed on it. Like, I think it was like second try, I landed on it and just Holy shot out. You know, I, I have the footage for it, but. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I jumped down it like two or three times and I just couldn't jump down it no more. Because it's wow. just, yeah, it was a big ass gap. <laughs> it might have been a different enormous. spot, but I feel like I just saw. Someone from 188. Yeah, I just I feel like Kyle Walker just like yeah, that's that bailed in like the trailer. Wow, on King of the Road. Yeah, recently one. Yeah, I just saw it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah he yeah. landed on it. But uh, man, thirty-two years young, it ain't too late. Oh, fuck, kick flipped that. We, we got we got Johnny Layton to claim switch Trey Wallenberg <laughs> on wax. <laughs> That'd be insane. What's the last new trick you learned? Uh, I think the last new trick which is actually older for me but um backside flip switch manny uh frontside big spin tech god yo <laughs> yeah, <right>. comeback season <laughs> wow. dream job after skating shit man i feel like i'm i'm doing exactly what i want to be doing but so sick it, it would be cool to just be at the point where i don't have to film and edit my own vlogs <laughs> you know like I, I i like the grind i like you know, filming myself and editing it and just making my own creation. But it's so time consuming that it'd be cool to just be able for me to just go about, yeah, do my day, like have somebody filming me, they edit the vlog, it goes up and I can put my time and energy into something else, another project or something. Yeah, that's awesome though, because you're already doing basically your dream job. You just a couple you know, steps away, a couple steps away. So <clears throat> shouts to you for that, B. Thanks, man. Favorite local brand? No Problema, which is like a, a Mexican restaurant that uh, my friend owns. He's a skater, but I'm sponsored by them. So I, I get free food and I have my own hot sauce there, which is pretty dope. But Urf, <laughs> hell yeah. Favorite local skater? Westgate, man. Oh, yeah. Favorite teammate ever? Uh, that's got to be Big Earn. Worst teammate ever? Uh, Darrell. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Worst company. Oh, Jarden. Yeah, Jarden can eat shit. <laughs> I, I blame them for my skate career going downhill. <laughs> skate career is on the rise, man. Stocks going up. I hate, buy, buy the stocks now. I hate, dude. It's the worst when fucking a company <laughs> buys the, the fucking shoe yeah. brand or whatever and then fires everyone and then the, sh the brand's done. So, yeah. Jarden. Fuck off, you ruined audio. I had some audios <laughs> back in the day. Me too, Kenny man. Anderson's, I had man. the Jammy Dude, Race. The, the Hamilton was the shit. That was my favorite shoe. Worst trend? Dancing around stuff. <laughs> That's true. That's a common one. Feet yeah. off the board, man. It's becoming Yeah, more it's more like, it's very strange. Worst style? Yeah, Andy McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did like this demo and, uh, at Wright Airfield Skate Park a long time ago. And I don't, I don't yeah. know if you guys know who Seamus Deegan is. He was, uh, I think he was like TM for Fibro for a little bit, but he was like a local filmer from like Rhode Island. And we were filming like this demo and Andy Mack was there and stuff. And so Seamus was on like the corner of like the hip and then Andy Mack was going by and uh, Seamus had to wear a helmet because if you, you were out on the course, you know, 
but Andy Mack got like pissed and like when he skated by like like hit his helmet and his helmet fell off his head so like oh damn yeah he was like full on like dick move but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's cause it wasn't yellow <laughs> <laughs> it was it was yellow oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you're biting my style B I'm the only yellow helmet kook around here <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh. Andy Mack. <laughs> <laughs> well, yo, that that's a wrap fucking again. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your story with us, man. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank success, you. And we hope to see you on the board. But comeback or no comeback, we fucking are just hyped that uh, you're doing well. Mm-hmm. Doing real well. Hell of love for you, dog. Thank you, guys. I, re- I really... Really appreciate it. It was cool to uh, be on the show, talk to you guys, dig up some old memories, and and just made me remember how much I really do love skating. You know, like just talking about all those times, the tours, the trips, and you know, ups and downs or whatever. But you know, at the end of the day, it's like I will always skateboard. You know, I always have love for skating, and I definitely want to film a part. So I'm gonna most likely back off the training a little bit and. You know, I, I really want to get back in the groove, but it's just I need to be put in that environment, which um, we'll see what happens, you know, but, you know, I got time. Tons Hell of time, yeah. man. You're young and uh, we're very uh, happy for you and the success you're having. It's well deserved, my dog. Thank you, guys. Don't let those closed minded skaters fucking get at like affect you if they're chirping your life changes because fuck your story is gnarly as hell and uh, your health is number one. Uh, but yo, Jim, let's get, let's get, let's dig up those old clips. Let's get a best of part going, and then hope for a new part. You dig? Boom. Let's do it. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Welcome to the post office, brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. And this week, it's all about S's brand new contract series with our main man, Wade Desarmo current game of skate world champion looking to extend his title run at dime glory challenge you know he's going to be rocking these s contracts it's got his face on it man so what more do i need to say y'all need to get these on your feet so head down to your local skate shop before it's too late and grab your very own wade desarmo s contract you've got mail all right first up we got an email from john metz Subject, Jeremy Rogers' future. Yo, first time, long time, down here in Canada's friendly neighbor, Idaho. I just want to say, you guys keep it popping and can't wait to see you announce the Olympics, hopefully. Us too. Question about Jeremy Rogers. What do you think is in store for his future? I'm not hating, but the way I see it, there's three options. One, he overdoses and dies. Two, he goes to rehab and starts getting even more preachy when he gets out. Three, he sobers up and starts posting shit like Neen Williams, asparagus <laughs> recipes, kooky workouts, and gluten-free muffins, and starts skating hard again. Be psyched to hear your take. Potato stayed out. What do you think, dog? Um, <laughs> man, I'd love to see him pull off number three. That would be dope. Bring the man back, because he was a serious talent. Yeah, sobering up. I'll take a sober Jeremy Rogers if it's an exchange for him posting asparagus recipes. You know what I'm saying? Nothing wrong with that. Hopefully option one never happens. Keep your head on straight, Jeremy. Yeah, and come on the show, goddammit. Next up, we got an email from the homie Robert Wheeler. Hey, guys, I've got two questions for you. Number one, 
what the hell is the true secret to landing a switch tray flip you've definitely talked about it or even answered a question about it on the show before but i can't remember at the moment i'm gonna have to pass that one off to the reigning switch tray champion the ghost what's the key man shoulders bro the major key is just get your fucking feet out of the way as soon as you pop let the board do the work keep your shoulders parallel don't be doing those 270 flips but it's all in your back foot scoop the hell out of it but it sounds like you've been trying hard and if it still ain't working i don't know what to tell you daggy hey wheels man maybe switch trades just ain't meant for everyone i ain't one of them either <laughs> second question in addition to voice notes have you ever thought of trying to do a call-in show or having audience questions and debates during your live events Think of the havoc that would ensue if heads like Theo Banks and Ludovic could actually call in while you were doing the podcast. To be honest, I think you guys should give them their own episodes. Keep up the great work for us bunters out there. Robert Wheeler. You know what? We've never thought about doing that at the live show, but we're definitely working on getting some video things going, so could happen sooner than you think, man. But y'all don't want to see Lude's ugly head on a video anyways, <laughs> man, so we're yeah, doing y'all a favor. Yeah, didn't we do some live questions at the first show? At the first one, we did, yeah. There were some good ones, too. Yeah, but we weren't trying to put those like in the actual episode. We edited that out. But it was fun oh, we if did. you were there in, purpose, we in did person. We edit that out? I think so. Uh, I don't remember. But yo, Wheeler, also put your foot. Don't pop down. <laughs> pop sideways, man. Keep Hang your toe off the edge with your back foot and pull backwards. Don't pop down. Pull backwards with your toes. Real scoop. A real scoop, man. <laughs> All right, next up. Holy shit. It's Theo Banks. Yes. Subject, stick a fork in me. <laughs> Much love. Peace. Let's take a listen to this crazy bastard's voice note. Hey, keep it down over there. I'm trying to do a voice note to send into the bunt live. All right. Jeez. Hey, you know who it is. It's Theo motherfucking Banks. Ah. Uh, I'm in a nice quiet room per request. Uh, I understand that. Yo, who is that? Who the fuck is gonna interrupt me while I have some very important news to share? Let me see here. Yo, who the fuck are you? You got your wish. Theo Banks signing out for the last time, motherfuckers. God. Theo, the real MVP, man. We hope you ain't dead, dog. Oh, my God. You all right? <laughs> you all right? Reggie, per request, go to the hospital, get an ambulance, <laughs> get better because that can't, be, you, that can't be the last voice We need note. you, man. We shaking. need to live call into Theo Banks. We need to have a little exchange with the man named Theo. Yeah, we might have to have half a post office dedicated to uh, talking to Theo on the phone. Theo, if you're alive and you're still out there, man, let's let's make this happen. We got four episodes left. We need to get you on the post office live, man. Bro, that sounded like six or seven shots, though. You might be in a coma for a minute. <laughs> Maybe season eight then, dog. Whatever it is, bro. <laughs> Do yourself a favor and come back to life, man. Podcast world needs you, G. We got an email from Brent Lawless. Hey, fellas. Brent here from Brooklyn, New York. Much love to you guys for doing this podcast and always making me laugh like an idiot while I'm at work. 
I think I've listened to all the apps and don't think this one's been thrown out there yet. But surely you boys have played all different sports together over the years. Dono, what's your biggest personal sports non-skateboarding triumph over the ghost and vice versa, the ghost over Dono's. Also, shouts out to the homie Bates who tunes in on the regs. Peace. Fuck, man. You set me up, dog. The ghost has a really good story he's going to tell you guys and mine's trash, man. Oh, yo, shout out to Bates. Tuning in from wherever you at, Brooklyn, holler at your boy. But yeah, thanks for taking me down memory lane. It was just a couple years ago here in Toronto, in Scarborough. It was, whose birthday was it, Pat's? Ben Davis. Ben Davis's birthday, our boy. Uh, we went to play Zorb soccer. And if you're not familiar, it's when you have those giant like bubble things around you so you can run into each other and like send each other flying. So we went to play Zorb soccer, two captains. Ben and Dono, and uh, I think, who picked first? Uh, ben picked first, and he chose you. <laughs> Amazing pick. And then I picked second, and, and I then, got the bald eagle. And then, yeah, so Dono basically put the Monstars together, <laughs> uh, all the guys, and mind you, we're with like a bunch of uh, girlfriends of the crew, so somehow our team gets stacked with like three girls, not to be sexist, but when you're playing Zorb soccer... It's uh, not exactly the team you're looking for. Yeah, the big male bodies and ruthless people that, that Donald <laughs> selected. They were the huge on-paper favorite. We did uh, best two out of three. We beat them in a close game in the first round. They're sh- sending our girl Shannon on top of her head upside down. Six-year-old relentless. Dude, it was insane. But we came out on top. Then the next game, we're gassed because I was busting my ass. I was basically Jordan against the Monstars. Uh, the Monstars came out in game then, two. In game two, they beat us 10 to 1. <laughs> we were all so over it, almost about to give up. And we we're like, fuck it, one more because it's tied 1 1. Oh, you should have seen your boy. I had some of those insane goals. Fucking, I, it's too long of a story, but basically, one of my goals, I got nailed while kicking the ball. Didn't even know what the hell was going on. I'm like flipping upside down. Next thing you know, it's a goal. Your boys came through with the big underdog win kind of like nick Foles last year all i remember from that game or uh, the whole evening is just you so there's no referees at these places man they got this <laughs> teenager there this this she didn't know what she got herself into when she's trying to ref a game between us but all i remember is you yelling at her the whole third game screaming for calls <laughs> she was fucking probably on her phone on instagram or something but that was a hell of a night man and Jordan beat the Monstars that night for sure. <laughs> Wade, Dono, and Six, you fucking ruthless bastards. See, I don't have a big-time story like this because I just dominate the ghost on the regs, whether it be <laughs> ping pong, ho- ice hockey. You know, it just is what it is. But wow, ping pong is gonna ice t- hockey. I've played that <laughs> twice in my life. And I whooped you, dog. <laughs> But ping pong, I know that one hurts you. And last winter at Spin, I put on a goddamn show. You thought you was going to be yeah. the apple of everyone's eye, but... No, that one hurt. Bass was the man. Ping, ping pong's my thing, but then you No, it ain't. I'll, okay, that's it. Fucking uh, ping pong as soon as Bass gets back into town. Deal. But for now, I got the belt. Uh, last but not least, we got an email from Dro. Subject, Toronto North. I'm breezing through Toronto in the new year and wanted to get a heads up on the best drinking holes in the city. Also, quick fire on the favorite North, North two part. Ted DeGropod, what you saying, my G's? Love the weekly dose. Stay up, you diggy. Easy answer. You'll find us at City Pool, man. 
about as good as it gets over there. Nothing but good homies, good times. Get the roast beef dip if you know what you're doing. Nah, nah. Get the fucking chicken club, you dig? But anyways, just get yourself in there. They got my favorite beers and favorite people behind the bar. City Pool, Dundas, and Dover Court. Hella poppin' strip, too, if you're looking for a little bar crawl, man. Real shit, real shit. Favorite part of North or North 2? Um, I'm gonna go with Wade Fife, man. I always loved that guy's steez. Damn, that's, that was my answer, too. Wade Fife in both videos. Yeah. But definitely love Russ Milligan in both videos, too. Mm-hmm. Russ, can't wait to slap you and get my revenge in fantasy football this year. You fuck you. <laughs> uh, fuck, who else? There's too many, too many yeah, steezy legends, man. Suit. Mitch Charon. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce that name, but who else? Aaron Johnson was oh, a gangster. Aaron John- Oh, damn. Got some serious Ted parts. Ted in North 1. Savage. Basically, but yeah. Fucking classic videos. Yeah. You can watch the whole thing. Wait, like Wade to. Fife, though. That's our, our top dog. Oh, both my of us. God. His North 1 part, so short and so sweet. All right, y'all, that's going to wrap up the post office. Like we said, man, only four episodes left, so get your questions in. Maybe if your fantasy football team looks as shit as Ludovic Lolingas, <laughs> send in your questions and we'll help you out, G. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all know what time it is. It's the Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. And we are very excited to get into this week's Secure the Bag. This is the biggest and baddest Secure the Bag. Big shouts out to these guys. And uh, yo, cut us a little piece, man, because we big y'all up on the weekly, eh? First up, (laughs) Aaron Rodgers, the bad man from Green Bay. Four years, $134 million, up to 180 with incentives, 98 guaranteed thoughts, baby. Yo, we knew he was going to reset the quarterback market. I'm surprised it took Green Bay that long to fucking pay the man. Mm-hmm. They had no other choice. They disrespected his teammates, the Jordy Nelsons and shit of the world earlier mm-hmm. to make cap room, I guess. So you better fucking pay up and... In my opinion, they took too long, but he's got the money now. It's all good. Uh, let's hope he has a fucking beast fantasy year because you just got him first overall in your keeper league. You know, rightfully deserved. Aaron Rodgers deserves this type of money, man. If he's healthy all year, he'll be the most viable player. So if he ain't getting that money, who is? I f- I feel <laughs> I'll like- tell you. Aaron Donald, baby. Another <laughs> huge bag. $135 million over six years. 87 guaranteed. He gets one week of practice, and then he goes into the season, man. Is he going to be off to a slow start or what? I don't know, man. The type of beast he is, I don't think it'll take <laughs> him long. He's fucking scary. But I'm hyped for these D-men. I'm so hyped on, on this week's Secure the Bag. Because it's enormous, dog. The, these, these NFL mans are finally getting paid and getting some real guaranteed money. Getting the guaranteed is the biggest thing. That's what I'm saying. I'm liking the trend of the guaranteed money going up. Mm-hmm. Not too many dudes getting fucked over uh, this week in the NFL, money-wise. So I love it. Let's let's see a big year from your fat ass, B. Oh, you will, dog. You will. The Rams are poised for greatness. And then down there in Oakland, they uh, they had a big man of their own, Khalil Mack, sitting out. Didn't want to sign to no petty ass deal. And John <laughs> Gruden, you done fucked up this time. But you got two first round picks in return. Little sign and trade with Chicago Bears for the bad man Khalil Mack, and he immediately jumps over top of Aaron Donald. 141 mil, four years, 90 guaranteed. Khalil, you just secured your bag, man. 
love it love it same feelings as aaron donald fucking let's get these fucking d-men paid let's get that money up especially that guaranteed money but yo my question to you is what the fuck are the raiders doing uh, they, i was gonna ask you that they tra- they trade for martavis that man's still smoking weed or i don't know what he did and they dropped his ass. him yeah they dropped him so they just traded a pick to Pittsburgh for nothing. For free. And then they send away their best fucking player. This guy's a top 10 player in the NFL. Khalil Mack is a goddamn freak. Gruden, I saw him on TV today. He's happy. They got their two first round picks and a third or whatever it is. But they sent Khalil Mack and a second round pick back. So the Bears, they got a little draft stock still. But Gruden was just not willing to pay the man. He said that we had an offer, but it wasn't even close to Chicago's. Sucks when that happens, but it's like, what? What's their end goal? Are they like, okay, Derek Carr and Amari? Derek Cooper. Carr was pissed. I heard. Yeah, for sure. Came into the league right. same time. Both guys on opposite ends of the ball thought they would be there forever. They're trying to win now. I don't think Big Derek time. Carr is the kind of guy who wants to have waste years. You know, no. he already lost a couple. He had that MVP season, broke his leg right before the playoffs. Couldn't be any worse, and now he loses his main man. But it just so this just goes to show you, even in a division with the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers, the front office at Chicago is ready to go, and they ain't scared. They knew they had to do something, or else they're just gonna be I mediocre like, forever. I like that for the Bears. I like that for you because you're the only Bears fan I know. <laughs> They've been making some some low they're key serious, moves, man. man. And if I'm Aaron Rodgers. And I drafted Aaron Rodgers, so I technically feel like I am Aaron Rodgers now. <laughs> this is bad news, man. This is bad news. The Bears are fucking creeping up. You got to see Khalil Mack twice a year. That's all I'm worried about. He's a freak, man. And he'll get into your grill, and he'll do it all day. Last but not least, this man, some like him, some don't. He's loud. He's brash. But OBJ got his bag, man. Five years, $90 million, 65 guaranteed, $20 million signing bonus. My question to you, sir, is he moving out of Drizzy Drake's house yet or what? <laughs> yeah, he better, but I don't <laughs> like either of them, so actually they could stay roomies. I thought it was 95. Yeah, yeah, my bad. It is 95. Big things. I know it doesn't matter, or it does matter when you're making that much money, but would you feel a type of way if you got like a 95, 98 million dollar contract? Wouldn't you just want that round number just to be like, I'm a hundred million dollar man? Yeah, I'd chip my own five million in. <laughs> I'd be like, I got money in the bank. Let's just say it's a hundred. I'll send it to you. I'll e-transfer the yeah. New York Giants five million. You guys put that on the paper, man. Just for the fucking breaking news, <laughs> especially with Odell, the cocky ass fool he is. You know, he wanted that hundred so bad, but either way, good for him. I just I, the NFL is fucking light years behind the NBA, and I just like to see uh, that sports league, which I'm a new fan of, mm-hmm. take steps forward and start paying these money, uh, these these athletes the money they deserve, the guaranteed money, especially because these guys are at biggest risk for injury <laughs> hey, over any other sport. Everyone needs to bow down and kneel to my man Kirk Cousins for that first hundred percent guaranteed contract yeah hey and bow down and kneel to kirk cousins because he left money on the table because he didn't want to play for the jets dog smart decision yeah smart decision hell yeah so tons of good news in the nfl this week tiny bit of bad news man we had high hopes for Jarek mckinnon down there in the 49ers thought he was going to get a little uh side piece porn star thing like jimmy g (laughs) he still might he's got a lot of time on his hands now but the man tore his ACL, something you never want to see go down. Bro, I drafted him, was so excited to watch. I just wanted at least one guy on the, the 49ers. On the Niners, yeah. I wanted Jimmy G. I wanted fucking Goodwin or 
my main or George Kittle even. I just wanted one reason piece, to watch yeah. them every week. Yeah. And I was super hyped to get Jarek non-contact injury in practice. Hers one of the last plays of practice, dude. dude. Ugh, I hate when that shit happens. Jarek, get well soon, my dog. Uh super, super bummer, man. Aside from the big time news of the Jarek McKinnon injury. Another RB we're a little worried about. Lev Bell still hasn't shown up to camp. He's not signing his franchise tender. Uh, you're a Lev Bell owner, so you're definitely a little bit worried. I just like to watch Lev Bell, the man's pure action and pure entertainment. Uh, what do you make of it? Well, as a fan of Lev Bell, you know, when the playoffs start, I become a normal fan like the rest of everyone you who's not playing team. fantasy. Yep. I, I want Lev Bell to get his contract, what he deserves. They're disrespecting him, so I support him. But as a fantasy psycho, <laughs> yo, get your ass back to practice, dog. I need you week one. Get in the building, <laughs> dog. We need to see you, man. Yo, I drafted McKinnon in the fourth and Lev in the first. Yeah. I thought I had the oh. nicest team, and now I don't even know if I have either of my RB1s, dog. That's an uh, interesting sakes. spot to be in. And Des Bryant, man, pick a damn team. Go to the Patriots for fuck's sakes. They need a wide receiver, dog. Yeah, everyone's fucking retiring over there. All right, NFL heavy rundown this week, but NFL season is a day away. The Atlanta Falcons and the Philadelphia Eagles, the Super Bowl champions with Big Dick Nick and Footlong Foles is getting another game. He's starting the season opener. Let's get a prediction on hand here. Yo, I think the Falcons bounce back this year after a shit-ass year, and uh, I'm giving it to them. Big Dick Nick. He was looking kind of dusty in preseason. He had four picks in the first half. Looking like fucking uh, that crackhead. What's his name? Dude, Aaron Rodgers put Nick Foles' mask on and played the Super Bowl for him because that was not Nick Foles. And uh, I agree with you, man. The Atlanta Falcons going to have a big bounce back here. The whole season was ruined by drop passes, man. Julio Jones going to make some catches. They got Calvin Ridley, Freeman, and Coleman. The, uh, the law firm in the backfield. ATL, big bounce back here. What was yeah. your question, though? Who's who? Oh, no, I just couldn't remember Johnny Football's name for a second because oh, he threw four picks in his first <laughs> half in the CFL. In the CFL. Because <laughs> the big ball, man, the big ball fucked him up. Yeah. But that's going to wrap up episode eight of season seven, man. Ain't too many left. Let's keep enjoying these. Oh, shout out to Power winning the big three championship for retired NBA players. Yeah, shout out to Power, man. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Peace.